Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Greetings. From outer, from outer space, Liam Zoom. People of Earth, how are you? Well, Jupiter was closer than ever before, so I decided to jump on and go for the ride. You know, here I, am. I watched on TikTok a guy that had his telescope set to follow Jupiter, and I saw the little red dot. It was very enjoyable. And the four moons. Of course, love a full moon. Four moons. Four moons. Oh, four moons. I'm I also four. love those. That's when I become a werewolf. All moons, I am a, a fan of. Uh, Liam's Zoom background is him in outer space, for those wondering why we're having this conversation. Liam was in space, but at least, like, Liam is in space before he was a panda Liam in space, so. Yeah, I've been a variety of things in the build-up to this show, but I've chosen to resort back to just Liam. <laughs> that's, that's the way we like it, buddy. Uh, <laughs> We, it's been a minute. We have a lot to get to today. Lots. Uh, it is every second Wednesday, a new episode of BLT Bets. Uh, Liam's going to have some soccer bets for us in a second. You're rocking a nice kit, a soccer kit. Whose kit is that? This is the Cavalry, Caval- uh, the Ca- what are they called? Calgary Cavalry. They are the Calgary team in Edmonton. God damn it. Woo. All right. <laughs> they are the Calgary team <laughs> in the Canadian Premier League. Yeah, Calgary's CPL team. Yeah, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. Why aren't you supporting FC Edmonton? Because I've not been to an FC Edmonton game, and every time I go to a Cavalry game, it's unbelievable. They have a great atmosphere. One of their players used to play for the team I support in England as well. So I thought, Calgary. yeah, funnily enough, I don't really know how that worked out, but Joe Mason, that's his name, if anyone was wondering. And Cavalry, if you've ever been to a game, it is phenomenal. They have a great... Great atmosphere there, so would recommend. And Edmonton, I suppose. I would also recommend that you listen to Liam's football podcast. Kicked Back, new episode just recorded. Is it Tuesdays and Thursdays, right, Liam? All Wednesdays in this case, but mostly Tuesdays and Thursdays. Oh, yeah, it is Wednesday. I'm losing track of time. Well, we recorded recorded today because Canada played yesterday. Mm. Ah. So we wanted to make sure we spoke about that. So today we spoke about Canada's two games. Spoke about England are terrible, and we also spoke about Argentina and Ronaldo. I think, yeah, that's about it. It's a good show. If you were betting on Canada going into the World Cup, mm-hmm. what what are they looking like to win? 
Well, oh, what are we talking in general? Just to compete, like I, I'm going into the World Cup, which is coming up later this year, just so green on what to expect from it. But mm. since we've got a lot of soccer people in the office, we're probably going to be more into it this year than in World Cups past or tournaments past. Yeah, do you know what? If I was if I was betting on Canada to do anything at this World Cup, it would to be to get out of the group, and I think that would be there biggest goal would be to qualify out of the group, which I'm just pulling up now. It's plus 270 oh, is what I got it at. Plus 270. Yeah, that would that seems fair. Honestly, I thought it would be even a little juicier than that because they play Croatia and Belgium who are both really good European teams. Like Croatia went to the final of the last World Cup and Belgium finished third. So wow. they've, got a, they've got a tough group, but they have the ability to probably make some noise if they if everything goes right for them. So yeah. Plus 270, yeah, that seems decent. That's probably the one that I would make on them, to be honest, because the rest of them, like, they're probably not going to go any further than the first knockout game. Yeah. And so for Canada, like, if they get out of the group stage and we're all betting plus 270 for them to do it, if they get through that, is that considered a win for Canada at this tournament? I think so, considering in 86 they didn't even score a goal. So something mm-hmm. must have gone right for them this time around if they were able to qualify for the but a last 16, I believe. Yeah, 16. So, yeah, tough group. They should do well. They've got a lot of talent. Alfonso Davies, Jonathan David, Kyle Lyron, Buchanan. Like, we all know the names at this point. But, yeah, that's what kind of what I would do. There is also a bet for them to finish bottom of the group, which I wouldn't do. But they are plus 110 to finish last in their group. What group if are they you- again? E? F. Group F. Um, Interesting. I'm looking at the, I'm just shopping around that line a little bit to like come out of the group uh, to advance from the group stage. Another book has them at plus 250. Um, so plus 270 seems like good value. My original thinking was because I was looking on a uniquely Canadian book at first. I was like, I wonder if these books are going to be forced to like really bring down the, or if the public money going into Canadian books is going to be forced to like bring down the odds on Canada, maybe you could chop it around, but that's clearly not the case. Cause I would imagine there's going to be a lot of Canadians like myself and bag milk who are going into this world cup being like, never really, I've never really been that into soccer. I've never really bet on soccer a lot outside of our boys from TFC. What up? Um, but it was just kind of, I want to bet on them in the world cup. I want to have some action in this. I'm going to be watching every match kind of thing. Right. So. Yeah, and that's that's for me too. Like like I said before, like we've got Liam, Waz, Caroline that are going to be in the office probably a lot during the World Cup. So it's yeah. going to be exciting to be in there and kind of in the mix. So I can see myself putting bets down on this, even though I don't necessarily know what I'm doing, which is exactly what I did on the NFL this past weekend, Tyler. Yes. Okay, wait. Before we get to the NFL, Liam, I want your thoughts on one more World Cup bet. Okay. Canada over two and a half goals in the group stage. Um. Oh, I would say yes. What is what is the line? Like Minus one twenty five is the over. Yeah, I think that's fair because they play Morocco. They should be able to score a couple against, and then that means they just have to get one against Belgium or Croatia. So, how many I, games in that in that stage? Lim? Three. You play three. So okay. you're basically looking at a goal per game, which is easier said than done. Um, but the bet I would make if I was going to bet on Canada. You can get them at plus 350 to be eliminated in the last 16. So, you know, you get a little extra juice there, and you're basically making the same bet as them just getting out of the group. Because only 16 advance? Sorry? Because only 16 advance? 
Yeah, top two yeah. from each group. Okay. So you basically just bet on them to advance from the group and there's a little extra juice there. So that's the one I would go with if I was going to bet on Canada. All right. Very good. Uh, Beg Milk, you talked about NFL betting. Not a good weekend for you? Well, no. So a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about betting on the NFL, I was, you know, generally all I've ever done was a pick em in NFL. And that, I mean, as we talked about, went pretty well for me last year on the Real Life Podcast where I was picking mostly favors, but it was working since we were just looking at winners. It was fine. But this year I started getting into props a little bit more and I realized very quickly, especially this weekend, my base of knowledge is just not high enough to be diving into props too much. I had a couple of different free bets listed on a couple of different books that I was able to use this weekend on an NFL. So I'm like, surely I'm going to hit something. And I did not, I did not. So I think that I need more, I need to learn more before I really start diving in too heavy into the props. As an example, here's one that I lost and give me your thoughts on whether or not my thinking was even right on it. Like I bet Patrick Mahomes to hit 290.5 passing yards at minus 110. So it was close to even money. I thought that was going to be a reasonable bet. He ended up missing it by about 56 yards ish, roughly. My math is bad, but ultimately you lose the bet and you're like, Oh, well shit. And I also had a couple of dollars on the chiefs just to win that game outright. And that didn't work. So not a great NFL betting weekend for me. I I would say the thinking on the Mahomes bet wasn't terrible by any stretch of the imagination, just because Indy, Indy wasn't looking that good coming into that game. And the other thing too, that at least played into my thinking when I went as heavily as I did on the Kansas city chiefs was that Indy was terrible in the first couple of weeks against tight ends. Tight ends were putting up crazy good numbers against them. So I went heavy on Travis Kelsey over 70 and a half yards. I'm like, he's probably going to rip off a couple of big plays. Mahomes will be thrown to him a lot. And I agreed with you. I lost a lot of money there on the chiefs. I think this is maybe a lesson though. Cause going into that Sunday reading around read, Oh, my voice cracked bad there. Uh, uh, reading like the betting statistics from different books, the public was on the Chiefs an insane amount. It was like ninety percent of the money line bets in that game were on the Chiefs, and like eighty five percent of the spread bets were on the Chiefs. And I mean, the sports books don't like losing, so it kind of made you wonder if that was gonna end up being a trap game. But of course, the ignorant sports betting side of me was like, no. Books books lose every once in a while, like Chiefs five and a half. Like it just seemed like such a lock, and they pissed away that game hard. So I think your thinking was yeah. fine there. Yeah, it's just like I don't know. This is almost like another one that I another one that I had was I like offense, right? So I was I bet on a couple of touchdowns. I can't find them right now, and I just missed. So maybe it's just I was getting too specific and granular into my prop bets right now. So. The one thing, unless you have a thought on the Chiefs uh, losing, Liam? I was just going to say, it's kind of a different subject, but similar, I suppose. Just when you're talking about touchdowns, I believe the under has hit like 26, 17, and 1 to start the season or something like that. Like teams just aren't scoring a lot of points right now, and it's teams that you would expect to score points. Like Tampa Bay haven't scored a touchdown in the first half, which is really affecting my fantasy football team as well. Like, even Buffalo only put up 19 this week is really odd with how many plays they actually yeah. ran. Vegas isn't doing as well as they probably should have been. So it's an interesting start to the season because I feel like in 
years past, the overs always hit in the first like four weeks and then teams start to figure each other out. But right now it seems to be the complete opposite where teams can't even figure themselves out to score points, never mind hit the over total combined. Since I'm just talking about increasing my base of knowledge on NFL bets so I'm not losing money every weekend, are there kind of like some areas for props that you would consider to be reasonable bets for an introductory NFL bet for a weekend? I would say... Or like areas that you look at, be it passing yards, rushing yards, over-unders on any of that? Like the lines are set to be really challenging. I know that sounds like a super obvious statement, but they are. Um, something that's set to be, you know, whether it's four and a half receptions for a guy or seven and a half receptions, the number is supposed to be real close to that. And one thing that I kind of don't mind doing, especially since these are becoming more popular, but you have to be really careful and you can't get greedy with these at all is I don't mind doing like a same game parlay of something and just knocking down those props a little bit. And yeah, you got to end up taking two of them in the thing. But for example, in that KC game, the one thing I did hit is I did a parlay of Patty Mahomes and I bought down his throwing yards to, I think about 225 and I had Kelsey at four or five receptions. And like the payout wasn't great. It was like minus 130, but they both hit. And I teased it down because again, the books set these lines at the numbers they do obviously for a really specific reason. So like for the Thursday nighter, if you like Jamar Chase to go off and catch over, I think his total is going to be like six and a half. Well, I mean, you could just knock that down to five and pair it up with something else that's like really low and you increase your chances of hitting the bet. I just, for me, teasing these things sometimes can can sometimes, it, it can be a smarter and almost safer play, even though it is technically a parlay, you know? So you're kind of giving up the juice a little bit just to kind of have a more of a quote unquote sure thing if there is such a thing. Yeah, that's at least the way I view it. Um, I'm sure a lot of people would say that I'm insane for doing that and you should just stick with one bet, 50-50 shot, right? If it's a minus 110 player prop. But sometimes I think for beginner bettors, it can be easier to just be like, all right, I like this guy. He's hit this number in four of his last five. I'm just going to tease it down just a little bit here and increase my chances of winning this thing. Liam? Yeah, I think that's the safest way to do if you're trying to understand the game a little bit more and honestly just trying to win money after some losses. Like you see, I do that pretty often and just, yeah, that's, that's what I would recommend is if you want to make it simpler and just like understanding the props a little bit better, just pick some touchdown scorers too. Yeah. Cause you have some juice on them and you're probably more familiar with the players who you're picking on that side of things as well. Like for example, Tyree kill on Thursday night football is plus plus one sixty to score an anytime touchdown. Like it's pretty good value for a guy who's, probably going to get pretty close to the end zone a couple of times. So stuff like that, I always like to do if I'm kind of just easing into the season as well. It's just pick the easy ones, mate. Just that way you know, I guess is a good way to do it. Yeah. Um, and just since you guys are talking about some uh, beginner bets here for the NFL, since I had a tough weekend, I am doing my shame refill right now as we're recording the podcast. I was wondering why you were pulling out the old credit card at the start of this report. I too. I was like, oh, he's putting money on Canada right now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They just block out that credit card, make sure that doesn't go out anywhere. <laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> so, like, teasing down player props maybe isn't, like, by the book, the smartest thing to do all the time. And it, and it does take like a certain kind of matchup for it to make sense. But the one thing that I would say, Big Milk, if you're looking to just get back in the win column a little bit, doing teasers on the game spreads is something like I had a lot of success with it last year. I've been 
just awful to start this year, though. Um, don't want to talk about that at all. But last year, I was good at it because you can actually look at like a slate of games and usually find a couple of decent spots. So what a teaser is, is you're just buying anywhere from four to eight points off the book. So if let's take the Thursday nighter, for example, the Dolphins are plus four against the Bengals. Let's say you like the Dolphins at that price, but you know, you want to be a little bit safer with this bet. You take them at plus four and find another game on the slate that you like. For me, that would be, uh, I don't mind. Oh, the Cardinals plus one and a half against the Panthers on Sunday. Okay. I would take those two. I like them. You could parlay those for plus 260, but your odds of hitting both of them are pretty slim. You go into the teaser side of things. You tease, let's say, six and a half points on this thing. Pays out minus 130, but all of a sudden, you've got the Dolphins up to plus 10 and a half, and the Cardinals up to plus eight now. Still a parlay. They both have to hit, but the Dolphins to cover a four-point spread plus four, I mean, yeah, I, I still like that, but you're getting them across a couple of really key numbers when you tease it up six and a half. Because now, you know, instead of just having them to win or lose by four, you've teased them over the seven point mark. So to win or, or lose by a touchdown and you've teased them over the 10 point mark as well. And those are some of the most common loss margins in, in the NFL are three, seven and 10. So when you're looking at teasers, if you can get a game that you're crossing a couple of those common loss margins, which you are in this one with 7 and 10, that's really important, and it really increases your chances of the bet hitting. Same thing for the Cardinals against the Panthers. I like them in this matchup. I'm probably going to have a money line bet on the Arizona Cardinals, but putting them in this teaser where they go from plus 1.5 all the way up to plus 8, I'm getting them across that 3-point mark. I'm getting them across that seven-point mark as well. And not only across that seven-point mark, but it's not just plus seven where it would be a push if they lose by a touchdown. I'm covered if they lose by a touchdown. So I would say dabble in the teaser game a little bit. Even for things like over-unders, it, it can be really helpful. If a game set at over 47, or you like two games that are each at 47, you tease them six and a half points, you're getting those at 40 and a half. And, and there can be some really good value in the over-unders when you do the teasers as well. Just a bit of a way to, in my opinion, and you pay for it because your payouts aren't as good, but to bend things a little bit more in your direction when you go with the teaser bets. Speaking about uh, bending payouts a little bit, in the NHL last season, I had some decent success with putting together maybe like a two or three team just straight up money line parlays. Yeah. Do you guys do that at all with football or no? Yeah. I think there's so many heavy favorites in football. That is kind of nice. To, you know, you don't have to hit, like, for example, this week, uh, but, 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 like the charges are minus five on the spread to beat the Texans who, and then a two, two thirty-five on the money line. Like you put that together with, I don't know, like Arizona, like Tyler said, you're actually going to get good value overall. And I do, I do play with that a little bit more rather than betting spreads all the time. I think it's just a kind of a fun, way to be more engaged in all the other games too, that you just straight up need to win rather than mm. having to worry about, Oh, is he going to kick a last minute field goal to get my over two and a half, you know? Similar thing, though, and this is a bad week for it because, and I don't know if you've noticed this, Liam, but like a crazy amount of close spreads so far through two, three weeks in the NFL. Like last year, it felt like, you know, every week kind of had, and for me, a guy who does like a lot of survivor pools, it was like, hey, there every week there was kind of like a 12 and a half, 11 and a half, 13 and a half point favorite somewhere on the board. This year, like this is another week coming up where no one is a 10 point favorite. 
Yeah, like the closest one is six and a half with Jacksonville, which I, I mean, I think that's a crazy line, to be honest. I'm pretty sure it opened up at eight and a half too, and it's come down in favor a little bit. But like six and a half for Jacksonville, we've actually looked really good this season. I know Philly have looked good, but I feel like that game is going to be pretty close, don't you think? I think it could be. Phillies look great, though. Um, But again, this is, in my opinion, another really, really intriguing teaser spot on almost either side of it. Like getting Jacksonville up to 12 and a half points feels incredibly safe. And I still, Eagles are at home and they're 3 and 0. Playing at home, perfect record on the line. Jalen Hurts has looked awesome. I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles won that game, but it was close. So that's one where I think either side of the teaser coin actually looks pretty solid. Because they could yeah. both hit, right? If you have the Jags plus 12 and a half, you tease them up to there and the Eagles win by four, you're good. Flip it to the other side where you get the Eagles teased down to minus half a point. All they have to do is win. They win by four, you're good. So that's a great teaser spot. Yeah, I think that's the game if you were going to tease one this week. I think that's a really fun one to go with because one, I this is kind of how I base my bet into is like, am I actually going to enjoy watching this game? <laughs> So this is one I actually think I would enjoy watching. So I might tease around on that one. But also right now, I think I'm just straight up putting money on Jacksonville six and a half. Yeah. They're, they're good. And like Philly, Philly are three and oh, but who have they played? They played Detroit. And as a Detroit Lions fan, we are not good. Uh, Minnesota, who Detroit almost beat last week. So therefore, they're also not very good. And then Carson Wentz and the Washington Commanders, who are also not that great. So I don't know. I'm not fully convinced on Philly. So I'm on the Jacksonville Jaguars train. Um, All about the one thing, just to wrap up the teaser thing. Uh, the one thing that I've always heard from the research I've done on teasers is that you like don't want to tease across that zero mark. Like you never want to tease across what would be the fence, right, of zero. So like taking the Steelers who are minus three and teasing them to plus three. I've always heard that like statistically that doesn't make a ton of sense or taking a team that's like minus two and then getting them at plus four, I guess, doesn't make a lot of sense when you do teasers. That's just from what I've read on. But does that kind of make sense, Bag Milk, of like how teasers sort of work and, and the basic thinking on them? 100%. Yeah, I'm going to, I already, I'm looking around for the weekend. I'm already going to see where I can play around to try and put, not necessarily chase the juice or, or anything like that, but just try and get a feel on what it looks like and see if I can't win some bets necessarily, regardless of what, uh, what's coming back my way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got smoked last week in the NFL too. Obviously, I'm a big Buffalo Bills fan, so I'm always betting on the Bills, and that did that did not go well. Yeah, it did not go well. And kind of, like I also you, bet on the Bills last weekend. Yeah. Uh, kind of like you, Beg Milk. I always like, uh, I always like betting on favorites. I just always tend to lean. I don't know. Something in my head makes them feel safer. Which I mean, I guess they are their favorites, but favorites have not been off to like, or at least the favorites I've been betting on have not been off to like a great start in the NFL season. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Um, yeah. Should we switch gears and talk a little hockey? Absolutely. Let's do it. Hockey, hockey. So props are starting to come in because the NHL season is just a couple of weeks away. And there I are, I love all these. Oh my God. There's so many to wrap your head around. Like you almost, I need love a, all of them. You almost need a full eight hour day to like scroll through all of these. Like it can be daunting when you look at some of the books who do goal and assist props and all the team props as well. Like there's a thousand bets you could do for the NHL season. The first one I'm going to throw at you guys is a, a goal prop, an over-under goal prop for Austin Matthews set at a very bold 56.5. Going over? <laughs> the If you go over 56.5, it is minus 115. Under is also minus 115. Yeah, so pretty true over-under. He got, I mean, you don't think he can do 60 again? I do, but it's just like... That's such it's, almost, a, it's such a high line that it's just like scoring 57 goals in the NHL is not easy. This is one where I think I would stay away from it. As much as I think he could do it, he needs to probably play 82 games in all likelihood to do it or play close to it again. I know he he missed a few games last year, but like he's got to play 75 plus games in my opinion if he's going to hit 60 goals. And I don't want to take the chance on something like that where he's one three-week injury away from it. Like, ah, couldn't get there. And he can't be a goon, you know? Can't be getting suspended again. Mm-hmm. Game. Mm-hmm. Not gonna help true. Next up, boys. Connor McDavid, 44.5 goals. If you go over, you got minus 122. If you go under, you get minus 109. Hmm. 44 and a half? 44 and a half. I'll go over. I feel like he's going to hit 50 eventually, right? Like, he's got to. I'll go over. I also would go over on this one just because I believe, I, like Liam, I believe that 50 goals to to a guy like Connor is something that he hasn't yet done in the league, and I just feel like he's going to really push for it. Yeah, 44 and 80 you. games last year, so the line set a decent spot. Yep. Uh, in the shortened season, he put up 33 and 56. The year before that, it was 34 in 64. Um, hmm, what is 33 divided by 56? That's a 48-goal pace the year before that. I think I would lean over. year before that, it was 43 and a half. I think I'm going over. One of my bold predictions this year is that I think he's actually, I agree with you guys, I think he's going to get 50. Um, playing with Evander Kane, maybe he keeps just 
you know, going with the assists, in which case McDavid over 82 and a half apples is probably a really tempting bet as well. Mm. But I love the I love the over 44 and a half. I think he's in the high 40s at least. And if I could bet on him to score 50 next year at like a nice plus 210 or something, I would probably throw a little on that. I, I like the juice there. I've got two more goal props that I want to throw at you just because I found these really interesting as we were looking as I was scrolling through the never ending list. Kale McCarr over 22.5. Uh, minus 115 either way, 22 and a half. That's your AJHL boy, Liam. Yeah, I was hoping that was points and that would be quite a lock. But <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, and the odds would have been fantastic. I'm pretty sure that would have hit. Well, he had 28 last season. Shot 11.7%, which isn't like a crazy high shooting percentage. Nope. Still going to be a part of that power play, which we know is very, very good. Um, so that's something to like about it. I will tell you guys what you're thinking. I have bet the over on this one. Interesting. I think that he's just going to get better and better. Kel McCarr is a freak. Yeah, I could like, I mean, is a 30 goal season by a defenseman possible? Absolutely. And if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Kale McCarr. I think I do like 22 and a half. Um, I don't love it. It's not something that I would like really big stone cold mortal lock. But I like it. I think that's I think that's a good spot to go over at. Yeah, I'll take it too. I mean, it's still Colorado, right? They have a ton of offense. Someone's yep. gonna pass the puck to him so he can put it in and he can just do it himself. So mm-hmm. yeah, twenty two and a half. I think that's a pretty good line actually. Okay. Actually I lied to you. I've got two I've got uh <laughs> two, more. two more. Jonathan Huberdo in Calgary. He is listed at twenty six and a half, minus one fifteen on either side of that. Jonathan Huberto. So last season, Huberto put up 30 goals in 80 games. That shooting percentage of 13.5 was actually lower than what he's done in the last couple of years when he had 20 and 55 and 23 and 69. 30 the year before that. What did you say it was? What's the line again? Sorry. 26.5 at minus 15 on either side of it. I go over. I, I'm I'm not convinced he's going to be 115 points. In fact, I would, I would almost guarantee he's not 115 points. He might not even be 100 points. But I think Huberto going like 30, 70, 28, 70 in that range. I think it's likely he's still going to be a main trigger man in that offense. It's not like he's going and playing with like the Arizona Coyotes where there's no talent. Like that forward group still has some really good pieces there. So I would go over on Huberto. Uh, so since you brought up the points total, Tyler, I yeah. uh, just found it really quickly. Jonathan Huberto, 94 and a half at minus 115 on either side of it. I think I would take that. Over or under? Over. I go, I stay away from the point total, but I go over on the goals. I would go over on both. I think he'll get probably really? 99. 100. I think he'll cut it close on both. Like, I mean, he's still a great player, isn't he? I don't think you drop off that much from, I know he's different team and everything, but yeah, he had people, a and that's a big drop off. People love to be like, oh, he's not going to be playing with Barkov anymore, but like he didn't play with Barkov a lot, right? Like he put up a lot of those points playing on kind of Florida's second line for a good chunk of the season. Like he's still going to be playing with a lot of talent. He's still going to get power play one minute. He's still a really, really good player. Like he could Again, he's fallen off from 115. No one's no one's saying he's doing that again. Um, but I think 26 and a half is a decent spot. 94 and a half, it's close. It's really close. A ton of guys went out over that last season in the NHL. It's a very high scoring mm-hmm. Um, Like you saw guys like JT Miller would have hit that, right? Um, yeah. And I think 
Lindholm's a good player too, right? Like yeah. he's gonna play with Lindholm. Sure. And didn't he have a hundred points last season too? Yeah. Like there's nothing to, there's not not much to say that oh no, he had eighty two points already, he had forty goals. That's what I was referencing. But either way, like he can put the puck in the net and if you does passing it to him, he's gonna help him out. And then probably a Foley too, I would guess. Yeah. He's got help. What are you going with that one, BM? On goals? Yeah. This is a good line because I don't think it's crazy. It's not. 26 and a half isn't crazy. So I think he can clear that. I don't know that he's going to hit 94, 95 points or whatever that line was, but 30 goals, I think he can do it because I think Calgary's going to need him to do it. Yeah. Uh, the other goal total I want to give you guys, I'm going to bring it back home to Edmonton. Yes, a Puliarvi set at 17 and a half at minus 115 on either side. 14 goals in 65 games last year. So he would have, if he could have stayed healthy all year, he probably would have hit that. With Yessa, the health though, that is, it is a question with him because he does, has tended to miss chunks of time. I think I stay away just because of the health. Me too. I would, I would say under. I think he's just a 15 goal guy right now. Especially if he's like not playing in the top six, which kind of feels like he's not going to start the year there, which means he's on a line with McLeod and Fogel, I would guess. It doesn't seem yeah, something like, like that. It doesn't seem like a recipe for success for him. So I, I would say under. He had All right, 10, last he had I 10 before done. Christmas last year, though. That's what. Yeah. Ugh. I stay and that's what makes it tricky, right? Because if yep. uh, I, I calculated, I think it was like he had six or seven goals by November 1st or 2nd last year. Yeah. And then things just really fell off for him. So he's a really interesting player in Edmonton this year. Obviously, there's a lot of pressure on him, whether or not he's going to be able to put it all together. But that's another line that could be tricky. If he stays healthy, he clears it. But I worried about his ability to stay healthy. Last one for me. I know I keep saying this, but uh, Leon Dreisaitl, 48.5, 48.5, over is minus 122, under is minus 109. Over. I have a tough I, time betting against him with that power play. Me too. Me, over. Twice now, like it's just hard. It's, I think it's a little different than Matthews, where I think Matthews can score 60 again, but he hasn't scored it, done it twice, where Dreisaitl scored 50 goals twice. That's kind of my argument for it. I have one, though. Which is interesting. Patrick Kane, 27 and a half over under. I, well, does it, does it say when he comes to Edmonton or no? I going to say, why, are we factoring in when he plays <laughs> David? <laughs> I'm, I'm staying away from Patrick Kane until I see him here. You got, I, it's weird though, because he only got 26 goals last season. And he didn't, he, last time he got over 27 was 2020 where he got 33. So I wonder if this line is playing into the fact that he probably will get traded at some point this season. So the bank oh, totally because Chicago didn't exactly get better this season, did they? Like debrink has gone. Like who's he? Who's Kirby he, Doc's gone. Kirby Doc's gone. Like who's he playing with? Max Domi? Yeah, right now the oh, where is he? Yeah, they have him with Max Domi and Andreas Anthonasio. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're great, Andreas Anthonasio. Yeah, I don't see him uh, thriving there by any means. So that's an interesting one, I think. Come on, Patrick. We need you, pal. We need you. I have a couple that I really like. Liam, do you want to go first, though, or anything that caught your, caught your attention? I honestly, the Patrick came on was the one that caught my attention in a bunch that BM said, so I'm good. Okay, so the first one I like, I got a player point total 
I got a player award. I got a team to make the playoffs and a team over under. Um, mm. My player stat line that I like, player points, Elias Pettersson over 73 and a half. I think that I he had a really, really bad start last season. He started the year in his first 20 games. He only had 10 points. In his last 60 games, he had 58 points. He really turned on the Jets later in the season. It was kind of considered a down year for him, though. But he still managed to finish here with 68 points in 80 games. I think this Canucks team is going to be a little bit better. There's some more scoring depth there. So I think Pedersen can go over 73 and a half. I think he can be in the 80-point range. What was the line on it? Or the odds, sorry? Minus 115 on the over. I would also take the over on that. I'm looking at him. He had 66 points as a rookie, 66 and 68 in 2019-2020. Last couple of years didn't necessarily go his way, but by all accounts coming out of Vancouver, he's in great shape and he's ready to go. So I would, I would bet on that. Chris Faber. The only, the only thing that I'm worried about is just, he's running into the new contract stuff and who knows how that plays on a player's psyche. Um, But I would still take the over on it. Chris Faber told me, quote, he shaved his head. He's becoming a man now. So that's. (laughs) Well, now you know he means business. Yeah. Gregor's Um, been all business for years. I agree. Yeah. So I like that one, Liam. I don't know. I think, what was it? 78 and a half? 73 and a half. I guess probably, but he's playing with Mikheyev and Kuzmenko. Kuzmenko, for now, I don't know. I, I, Sure, I'll take the over for now, but I'm not not 100 sold. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Uh, Brock Liam's Besser's, over comes with a caveat. <laughs> yes, Brock Besser could miss the next three to four weeks, or will miss the next three to four weeks for the Vancouver Canucks. So that's interesting. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's, you know we'll see who Pedersen ends up playing with, I guess. But I don't mind their forward group. Uh, the player award I like. We've talked about it already on this podcast. Connor McDavid to win the Hart Trophy plus two twenty five. Done. Take it. Locked. Bet on. Take it's, it. I've already bet on it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm not running the risk that this line gets any worse. This is one of those things where I know I, in the NFL, I was like, don't bet on player awards till right when the regular season starts. But this one, I'm just not risking the public money moving it at all. I want to get as much value as I can. Getting McDavid anything above plus 200 to win the heart, I think is just a great bet. Agreed. Team I have to miss the playoffs. I cannot believe this line is set where it is considering how things went for them last year. It's the New York Islanders to miss at plus 100. Even money. They're missing. What? No. I don't don't believe that. You don't think they're missing? Missing the playoffs? The Islanders. Oh, the Islanders. I was thinking the Rangers. I'm like, no way. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, the Rangers? No way. Uh, New York. Yeah, I'll I'll buy that. The other New York? 100%. Yeah. So they're plus 100 to miss. I'll let you know my line of thinking here. They finished 16 points back of a playoff spot last season. I know part of it is that their their arena didn't open. They had to start with that crazy, crazy long road trip and all of that stuff. But also, they just weren't that good. They made the coaching change, but they're bringing in basically you know a rookie head coach and Lane Lambert. Um, I do love Ilya Sorokin between the pipes. They're very good. Um both him and Varlamov, that's a very good duo. But their forward group, there's just not a lot there to like. They're very, very old. They only have, of the forwards that they pay more than $4 million, only three of them are under the age of 30. And that would be Barzell, Beauvillier, and J.G. Pajot. Pajot has a ton of miles on him. They're aging. I don't think they're that good. They didn't do a lot this offseason to improve. I don't see how they're going to be 16 points better than they were last season, is my point. 
what did they do to improve? Like, who was it? They brought Romanov, right? That, that was is their... the only transaction they made. Yeah. How do you expect to improve on 16 points if your team doesn't improve? And then you also look like I think Washington and Boston will be a little bit worse than they were last year. But the teams below the Islanders, okay, Columbus got Johnny Goudreau. Buffalo looked great towards the end of the year. I get the Islanders kind of did too, but Buffalo looked great towards the end of the year. And they had a pretty solid offseason. Detroit, they got a lot better. They brought in a ton of good veterans. Ottawa, everyone knows Ottawa got better. New Jersey could take a step forward. Like they're all five of those teams right below the Islanders improved or you can bank on them to improve at least because they're young and they have young cores. The Islanders, I just don't see that. What are the Senators' odds to miss the playoffs? To miss? Yeah. To miss, they are minus 250. (laughs) To miss, they're minus 250. Okay. Liam, I'd also like to give you uh, my disrespectful bet of the week. Oh, okay. I think you'll like this one. Arizona Coyotes to make the playoffs plus 4,000. (laughs) <laughs> Yikes! That's so funny to me. Chicago Blackhawks plus three thousand. That just seems like the sports a- books are. They're just saying, you know what? Don't even bother playing your games. There's no point in this. Minus ten thousand to miss the playoffs on both teams. So you'd have to bet a lot of money to make a nickel. Yeah. Uh, the last one I liked after the Islanders at plus 100 is the St. Louis Blues to go over 95 and a half points at minus 110. Um, last season, the Blues were a 109-point team. So this is saying they're going to drop by at least seven wins for the under to hit. And I just don't see that. I They lost David Perron, and yes, he's an important piece for that team. And they also lost Ville Husso. Okay, so they don't have as strong of a tandem between the pipes. But the reason I like this bet, they have a very solid forward group that is also relatively young. Like they're big, they're older, the older side of their core, using air quotes, is O'Reilly at 31, Tarasenko at 30, who's in a contract year, and Braden Shen at 31. After that, Buchnevich is young, Kairu's young, Robert Thomas is young. Even a guy like Ivan Barbashev is like a solid third liner for them. He's really young. Their blue line, they're going to have a full year of Nick Letty on the blue line. Um, so their top four looks solid with Falk, Krug, Pareko, and Letty. Jordan Binnington between the pipes. I think he's still a solid NHL goalie, even though he's somewhat inconsistent. Um, I just don't see them falling off seven whole wins when, again, look at the teams who were below them in the West last season. Dallas didn't really do a lot to get better. They changed their coach, I guess. Okay. Um, Nashville had a ton of guys go off and have insane bounce back years last season. Who knows if they get that kind of production from guys like Johansson and Duchesne again, Vegas, who knows Vancouver? Sure. They got better. Winnipeg didn't get better. San Jose is worse. Anaheim maybe got a little bit better. Chicago, Arizona, both worse. Seattle, we can talk about them later, but like there's just in that division, there's not a lot of teams who I think are going to be stealing games from the blues. I think them going over 95 and a half is a lock. Yeah, I like that one a lot, actually. Especially, too, like, even with Thomas Grice as a backup goalie, it's not exactly, he's not bad goalie, is he, by any means. Like, they're still a great team. And, like, you listed all those teams who didn't get any better. So, I, I'd be on that one as well if I was if I was looking for something. Another quick NHL future bet, since we talked about the heart, what about the Norris? Right now, Kale McCarr is listed as the favorite at plus 145 to win. Makes sense. Next up, though, I find this interesting. The 
the juice really increases after Makar. So right now I'm looking at Makar at plus 145. Next up, Victor Hedman at plus 750. Roman Yossi at plus 850. Adam Fox at plus 1,000. Miro Heiskanen at plus 1,800. Do any of those non-Makar names interest you? I don't know. I think Makar Or even Makar at 145. So- my issue with betting on Makar at that price is I get very nervous with betting on a guy to repeat as an award winner because they usually have to be better than they were the year before for voters to, like, en masse comprehend that they're still the best at what they do, right? There can be that voter yep. fatigue. So I think I stay away from the Norris. Like, Makar, I think he's the best defenseman. He should win it. But if some guy like an Adam Fox, who I guess won it two years ago, or even if you were to just go further down that list— there could very well be a guy. What about Mort Sider? What if in his second season, kind of like Fox and McCarr did, he, he he takes another big step forward. He could get some sure. Norris love. So I just, I don't love going with McCarr because I worry about voter fatigue. Uh, another couple then. Atlantic division winner. What do you think of this? Leafs right now, best uh, or the favorites at plus 185, Florida at plus 210, Tampa at 290. I like Tampa. I like Tampa too. Like, I don't know how you could bet against a team that won two of the last three cups, you know, they, uh, in the, in the central, you got Colorado minus minus one eighty two. uh, clear favorites there. Then Minnesota plus four twenty five, And it kind of falls off from there. What's the Metro, the Metro. I've got Carolina at, as the favorites at plus one ninety five. Then Pittsburgh at plus 285 and New York Rangers at plus 325 Washington at 850. I like the Rangers. 325 you said? Yeah, 325 for the Rangers. Seems pretty good. I mean that division is just a close division. I don't know if there'll be a repeat. Like didn't Carolina lose Pacioretty for a long time too? Like he's not going to play, right? Yeah, but they didn't yep. have Pacioretty last year, so it's not like they really lost anything. Yeah, but you also... And they got him for, a like, a kiss and a hug. <laughs> yeah. They lost D'Angelo on the blue line, bringing Ben Burns. Mm, I don't know. I I feel like that division could really go on multiple different ways. So, I think Ben on a team like the Rangers to go and take it. Like, they, weren't they only a couple of points behind last year? 116 Carolina had the Rangers at 110. That's with Shusterk on unreal year, so... Do either of you guys give the Penguins any shot of winning that division? No. No. I don't know, which is... I think they make the playoffs. I don't think they win the division. So hear me out. If you were to go 100 bucks on the Hurricanes, that would pay out a profit of $195. If you were to throw 100 bucks on the Rangers as well, that would pull out a profit of 325 So you wager 200 bucks, and if you're basically wagering on one of the Canes or Rangers winning... If the Canes win, you would profit $95 off your $200 bet. If the Rangers win, you'd profit $125 off a $200 bet. It's basically like, if I'm doing this math correctly in my head, it's kind of like blanket betting Canes or Rangers to win at like minus 150, which I actually kind of like. Got him on that. What about the Pacific? They've got Calgary and Edmonton even atop at plus 225. I like the Oilers. I, I think a full year of Woodcroft. I think Calgary I I just, just might not be able to score that much. I do too. I just, I, I'm surprised. The reason I brought it up is I'm actually surprised that the Flames are listed as co-favorites. Like, I know they got Huberto and Kadri, but like, you know. Yeah. I think a lot of people are on Calgary right now because of the Kadri signing. 
but it's not like Kadri's been this consistent superstar his entire career, right? Like, an, well, I, my hot take on Oilers Nation Radio from last week is he doesn't hit sixty points this year. Like, I, I think he's a really good player, and I think he he's bring a positive effect to this team. I just think losing Kachuk and Gaudreau is such a massive loss, and even bringing in Huberto and Kadri, like it's not. They're not just slotting replacements, in my opinion. And yeah, I just think the Oilers didn't have as many question marks this offseason of guys who were going to lose. And it just seems to be too much noise around Calgary with all that stuff that's happened now that, yes, the defense is probably a little bit better. But I don't know. I just have that feeling that the Oilers have just still got a little bit of an edge over them. I do too. But speaking of uh, one thing I want to talk, we're running long here a little bit. Tyler, I get to ask you about the Jays. Big game against the Yankees today. Okay. What do we think with the Jays right now? Go if if you want to do some research. This is fun betting research. Go to the find the Yankees roster, find as many players as you can on Instagram, and then go watch the stories of them slamming beers and champagne last night after they won the AL East. They were celebrating hard. It was the full on like dressing room tarped up. Everybody's boozing. Everyone's having a good time. I guarantee you, Garrett Cole had a few, even though he has the start today. The Jays are plus one fifteen underdogs i think this game is primed to go over seven and a half and i would be betting on the blue jays to win this ball game i know it's mitch white versus garrett cole that's not great but i think the yankees could be resting some guys and i think the yankees are going to be a wee bit hungover today for their game they got nothing to play for now other than top seed in the american league i guess um but i think this is a great spot to bet on the jays it's a hangover game take the jays take the over as your safe spot as well cuz i don't think mitch white's going to get out of this without giving up a few runs over 7 and a half jays to win boom book it i like that um lastly just one thing i want to wrap up liam f1's back this sunday verstappen can wrap up the championship on sunday if leclerc finishes 8th or lower and Perez finishes fourth or lower. Verstappen needs a little help. He needs to win. He either needs to win plus win fastest lap, but basically he could get this all wrapped up this weekend. Do you think if Leclerc crashes out of the race, so something happens, like he's really low down, and Perez is third, that they're like, hey, back it up. And like, oh, for, yeah, yeah, like team orders? Yeah, I wonder if like, 100%. Hey, drop it back here. You're not winning this thing. Verstappen's going to wrap it up right now. 100%. That's Christian Horner's boy, Verstappen. So, like, I 100 if they can lock it in on Sunday in Singapore, 100% I can see that. Totally. That's a good call, actually. I hadn't considered that until you mentioned it. That's interesting because Leclerc, I mean, Ferrari's just been Ferrari all season, right? They've been so inconsistent in races and all that jazz. So, yeah, I don't know. That seems like a fun one to go with. Was there, um, was there anything you liked over the weekend? Not necessarily. I haven't looked at too, too much into the bets yet, but like, again, as we say every week, it's hard to bet against max to win, no matter what the odds are. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't looked yet. I tend to wait until after qualifying to put in my, to put in my F1 bets, unless there's some super juicy leading in to the weekend. Yeah. Um, but I'm probably going to wait till Saturday afternoon. Ferrari plus 110 to be the, the on pole. Well, I mean, they are like, I mean, Charles Leclerc is Mr. Saturday this year. So like I wouldn't bet against that either. You know? Yeah. There's something's like it. Yeah. I, I haven't looked into it too much, but I'm excited. I'm excited for it to be back. I didn't know that about Verstappen. So that'll be interesting to look at as uh, the race develops. I wonder if uh, I'm trying to find to see if there's a bet of Leclerc not finishing the race, but I don't oh. seem to be able to find anyone. 
Never mind. Tyler, how about this for a little Jay's same game parlay for tonight? You inspired me. Yeah. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it a little bit. I want it to be a little bit juicy, but I've also want to keep it a little bit mellow. So I've got Jay's to win just straight money line. Okay. Vladdy and Springer to hit to each get one hit plus two ninety. Yeah, I, I like that. Again, I think they could get to the Yankees today. The Yankees were clearly partying. I talked about having nothing to play for. Um, there's seven wins back of the Astros with, I think, seven games to go in the season. They're not catching the Astros either. The Yankees straight up have absolutely nothing to play for other than the Aaron Judge home run record. So I think they could rest some guys tonight, not named Aaron Judge. And I, I think in large part, it could be a pretty good Blue Jays performance because I think they got a little embarrassed last night with, you know, you saw the bat, Vladdy and the bow mistakes on the base pass yep. and having to watch your division rivals celebrate in your building. You're, I think you're going to be a little bit peaked to try uh, to try win this game today. So, yeah. Could someone fill me in on what happened with the Vladdy thing? I saw a lot of stuff happening. I saw the John Schneider quotes. So was it, is that his name? John Schneider? Yeah. Of, not running hard enough or something? So he basically smoked one, hit the very top of the fence. Oh, you want to hear the background on this? I'm so mad. This just reminded me how irritated <laughs> I was yesterday. My bets yesterday for the Jays game, okay? I had same game parlay, Jays over two and a half runs combined with a Vladdy hit, all right? I, had, I went heavy on Vladdy over one and a half bases, and I bet on Vladdy to hit a dinger. He steps up in like the fifth inning, and he smokes one hits the very top of the fence. He doesn't run it out. He thinks it's gone. I'm within a foot of that ball going over the fence and having my Vladdy home run hit, the Jays getting their third run of the game, and Vladdy over one and a half bases. Instead, he watches it, admires it, hits the top of the fence. By the time he starts running hard, it's too late. He gets thrown out at second base going for the double. Vladdy only finishes with one base. The Jays only finish with one run. And he doesn't get the day. Oh, that Brutal. is a... Tough circumstance. Because Buck Rude. Martinez had a bit of a rant, right? He ranted for like a whole inning. He was very Yeah, upset. Buck Martinez was not happy last night. Was it justified? Was it a fair rant? Oh, yeah. Like, that's inexcusable from Vladdy. And it's kind of the yeah. second time in two games the Jays have been burned on that. because Or almost got burned on it. Uh, the game before when Teoscar Hernandez roped one off the fence and stood there and watched it. Like, you can't, as much as it's you sick. You know what it reminded like, me of? In a way, it reminded me of that gif that goes around all the time. Of I, I don't remember the NBA player where he goes and he thinks he drains the three yeah. and he turns around and throws his hands up. Nick Young. That's what it reminds me of. That's a Nick Young one. Yeah. They're just admiring their work just a little bit too much. Yeah, that's fair. Has this been a thing all season? I don't watch a ton of Jays games, so is it just inexperience, I guess, on their part? Just Tyler, correct me if I'm wrong, but like this is my first year of watching a lot of Jays games, and I don't know if I've seen two instances quite like that where I thought they just kind of walked it as opposed to hustled it. Yeah, I think it's just immaturity. Like, you're so jacked up in a big moment like that. You get too caught up in the moment. You forget that you're just just play good fundamental baseball. So you hit a home run. You think it's this big three or two run. It, was a, it would have been a three run bomb, I think. Um, you think it's going to be a big home run against the Yankees and you just get too cocky. That's all it is. Like, I don't know. It's, it's hopefully lessons that they're learning with Teoscar. He should have learned this lesson like three or four times already, and he hasn't. Um, but we'll be talking about it on our Blue Jays Nation podcast tomorrow. Me and Coomsey. There you yeah. go. There you go. All right. Is that going to do it? Is that a wrap? Uh, should I do my two quick soccer picks? Yes, and then give we'll us your soccer go. picks, and we'll wrap. Yeah. My kicked back soccer picks. All right. So we're going to Spain for the first one. 
We have Atletico Madrid plus 145 to beat Sevilla. Sevilla just are not the team they used to be and Atletico is still a really good team. So plus 145 on that one. And Sevilla also haven't won a game at home this season. They're only about nine games in, but still it's not a good record. And then to Italy. I believe this game's actually on Monday, so you have to wait a little bit. Udinese plus 130 to beat Verona. Udinese are currently second in Serie A and have only lost once, which was the first game of the season against AC Milan, who are the current champions of Italy. So that was a tough game for them. And Verona, I believe, are just outside the relegation spots in Italy. So they've had a terrible start to the season and have really struggled against the top teams in Serie A. So that's Udinese plus 130 and Atletico Madrid plus 145. There you go. Quick in and out. I'm going to take that. I'm in. I'm going to bet on it. And if you lose... It's my kickback parlay. There you go. I like it. And we're on the Jays and the over today, so we're ready to go. Uh, Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll be back. You know what? Maybe we should. Maybe next Wednesday we should get someone else on, and we should do, like, a big NHL preview and, like, really go through things again, get a few more props we like, season-long stuff, that kind of thing. Maybe we'll cycle in a couple of of guys from around the nation. Maybe we ask Quincy about the Flames and other people. Yeah, we can mix in a ton of stuff. So maybe uh, maybe we'll do a little bonus NHL preview episode next week. Uh, but until then, everybody, happy betting. Stay safe. Stay responsible. Enjoy NFL Week 4 as well. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 